Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar football springs forward. ESPN's Brett McMurphy calls BYU a P5 program without the money. You buy that? You need money to buy that. We'll go live to football practice. How does the team feel about the SEC dubbing BYU a P5 scheduling equivalent? Plus, college football insider Blaine Fowler on maximizing independence and Jerem's vine seen round the country. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Back to work on a Monday. BYU Sports Nation Live and Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. March 23rd, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with social media insider Jerem Jordan from MySpace to Tinder. He's your guy. And Friendster. Don't leave that off my resume. All right, fair enough. Speaking of social media. And Juno. Big weekend for you, man. Holy cow. Jerem posts a vine, and then SB Nation picks it up, and boom! SI.com picked it up, too. Um, yeah, I just, I just was watching the women's basketball game, and Mackenzie Morrison got shouldered uh, pretty hard, took a vine, sent it out. It has 218,000 loops right now, <laughs> which is wild. So, yeah, SB Nation picked it up, and SI.com, that was, that was cool. Kevin Sumlin, the Texas A&M football coach, followed you on Twitter. Yeah, that, that <laughs> Why was, did he follow you on Twitter? Well, what was funny is I, I got the notification that said, at Coach Someone followed you. And I'm like, huh, that's funny. Fake you know? account. Nope, it's the blue check mark. So I look at it, and it's Texas A&M's head football coach. <laughs> I, and I'm thinking, All right. can my first BYU softball tweet that goes out, unfollow. <laughs> oh, seriously. Well, that happened but, with Sean Farnham of ESPN. He, a couple years ago, he followed me down to the tournament. He said, you better bring the goods. And I said, I'm not going to. I'm going to tweet about BYU volleyball and baseball and women's soccer and everything. You know, as of this I'm morning, telling you right though, now, you don't follow me, you're not going to like it. As of this morning, Kevin Sumlin still following me. Wow. I don't <laughs> tweet a couple things and then let us know when he unfollows. Yeah, feel He st- does follow 571 people or 501. something. 501. Which is I'm five, I'm number 501. Which is a lot. Here's He's the thing. He's obviously though. not scrolling through that I often. tweeted out Phil Steele's uh Early strength of schedule rankings based on win percentages of last year and the opponents that teams will play this year. And he retweeted it. And then Arkansas's AD is following me. <laughs> Kevin yeah, Sullivan's following me. What in the me. world? <laughs> I, we've had this discussion before, and we won't go into it in depth right now. But I don't really follow people that I don't want to actually follow, even if they're my friends. That's the beautiful thing of Twitter. Fi- I have a sister-in-law. I don't think I follow her on Twitter. Cassie, I don't follow you on Twitter because you just don't bring the goods. <laughs> so I don't follow you. We had this discussion last summer. Someone wanted me to follow them, and I said, I don't get enough out of you. It's an elite fraternity to belong to Jerem Jordan's. I'm not going like, to follow just to follow. Yeah. I, you know what you can do, though? You can follow someone and then mute them. They so know. you never see their tweets, and they never know that you don't see them. But you followed them. Unless you – yeah. Yeah, I, I've only used the mute button a couple of times when people get out of hand. Like I said. And I'm talking the, out of hand. He's your guy, the social media insider, <laughs> Jerem Jordan. Our conversation alive 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and be a part of BYU Sports Nation. Members, welcome. Let's start our Twitter game off with a doozy. What's the most important part of being a Power 5 football team? Oh, man. We're not saying BYU is or isn't. We're going to discuss... That question. Oh. Um, at CD Sampson DDS. Bumper stickers. 
<laughs> is that a shot at someone? Oh, a school that might be in the Sweet 16 right way now? Way to bring the game on Monday at CD Sampson DDS. That is impressive. At COT underscore BYU football. Much better chance at getting into a New Year's Six bowl game. There is certainly some credence and logic to that. Basically everybody but BYU and Army. <laughs> Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. What else are we talking about today? The BYU women's basketball team. They lost big to Louisville, but Jerem mm. wins big with that vine. Mackenzie Morrison taking a cheap shot. Yeah, Morrison's jaw didn't win. She Lexi- won both. She made both free throws after that, by the Lexi way. Lexi Eaton, by the way, retaliated. She didn't go to that degree, but she threw an elbow, threw a forearm later. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, I love it. She's a good teammate. Just my. IMO. BYU baseball wins two of three at Gonzaga. The Cougars have won nine of their last 11. Harvey Unga and Vic Soto invited to the NFL Veteran Combine. I believe this is the inaugural year, correct? Yeah. It's my favorite phrase, the first annual. The first Which is impossible. Annual. You have to do it again for it to be an annual thing. Harvey ran a 4 9 40 but everyone said that the uh, new laser time technology was off. Oh, okay. Well, I was like, 4 Harvey apparently is up to 250 or something. He's a fullback. I thought four nine wasn't bad for a dude at two fifty. Oh man, even block. if even if it is off, BYU rugby wins the Wasatch Cup seventy six thirty one. Oh man, down go the Utes. The Cougars still unbeaten and consensus ranked number one. Spring practice number seven for BYU football. We'll talk with one of the BYU football players live after practice. We're hoping it's Mitch, Mitch Matthews. We got yeah. a lot to ask Mitch. Hashtag this is why. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Power 5 perks and how BYU football fits in. Here's Brett McMurphy of ESPN. Basically, you've, you've got everything that a Power 5 team has, except for the money, except for getting the millions of dollars that go along with being in a major conference. This is about as good as it can get for them. Attention, football fans, this Monday's for you. ESPN's Brett McMurphy joined us last week, and what you just heard headlined some really interesting national perspective on the current state of BYU football and their ongoing pursuit of a Power 5 invite. So we looked at that and said, okay, well, he said that they have everything but the money. Well, what are the critical factors of being a Power 5 school? On that note, what's the most important factor? Probably the money, right, Jerem? Must be the money! That's yeah. a big part of it. Because that, that means that uh, you can afford to build facilities and then recruit and get better players and then win on the field. That's the idea. If you have enough and can compete, that's good. Boise State's in a position where they actually make less money than BYU, have a worse contract, TV contract than BYU, although it is similar. Uh, but they win They've, because of their group of five status and whatnot. There's a lot that goes into this. The number one thing to me is a very simple thing, conference affiliation. Because naturally, you get eight or nine games. No one questions your schedule. Non-conference is different. You're getting the money, 20000000 million plus, that comes with affiliation in that TV contract. Uh, better access to the college football playoff. In fact, you get a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm talking a lot of money compared to BYU, which brings us to an early stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU received an estimated $308,000. Oh, you paused. From the college football playoff last year. Not million. $308,000. That sounds like a lot, right? It's not. You compare that to the P5 schools. Every Power 5 conference got $50 million to divide amongst the members. Compare that to Notre Dame. They got $2.3 million. That's a lot more than Brigham. 
And even the group of five schools received $12 million per conference. Per conference. Okay, so if you're the Mountain West, and I believe they have 12 teams, that's a million per. BYU got 308000 That's roughly... They got know, an additional $4 million from Boise State winning a New Year's Six Bowl So game. even more. That they split up among the conference. So does B, it, is BYU like a P5? In a lot of respects, yes. Yeah, well, what, right? We haven't told you any of those yet. You know, we've talked about how they're not a P5. And BYU, let's make this clear. BYU is not a Power 5 team. They're like unto a Power 5 team in many aspects. Yeah, and why are we discussing that? Because the SEC dubbed BYU a non-conference P5 equivalent. In scheduling. After they had disbanded BYU from that group, a as the ACC filler. did. But and now we'll take it. Both have come back. The ACC and SEC have said, no, BYU is going to count as a non-conference P5 equivalent if you schedule them. Cougars get Mississippi State last week and thus thrust back into the conversation of where are they in the Power 5 discussion. Okay, some other critical factors along with money and conference affiliation. Okay, those are the two things that BYU does not have. What about national exposure? Check ESPN contract. BYU making between 4 and $6 million depending on what home games they have on which days. It's 800000 to $1.2 million depending on the game. That's an estimate from the Salt Lake Tribune. Yes. Scheduling. Okay, it took a little while, but now it's rolling, baby. They then, have a good schedule. And the next step is P5 home games. And that there's zero this year. That's the only knock on the schedule to me is that you have to go on the road and early and a lot uh, that you're playing your first four against three P5s, a home game with Boise State, fantastic. The next step is to get quality home games. 2016, Mississippi State, and UCLA are in Provo. Check, check. Awesome. Okay? So the home games are now coming around. Bowl game access is another of those where BYU is fighting an uphill battle. They have to schedule their own bowl game. They don't have a conference that figures that out for them. So this season, we don't know BYU's bowl game yet for the 2015 season. Tom Homo has said that he knows, and it is there. They just haven't been able to announce it because of different for whatever reason. So it's there. It's lined up. We just don't know. What is it? We don't know yet. We don't that's, know. That's the point. Like, we don't know yet. It's, tw- it's nine months away. BYU status right now is an independent. Okay? We've talked about the impressive schedules, the ESPN contract. Here's another good thing about being independent. You're not sharing revenues with a conference. We don't have to share TV money with Wyoming. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> you remember, do you remember when Colorado State, Wyoming, and New Mexico received the same amount of TV money as BYU? This is why you go independent. <laughs> this is why you go independent, okay? Stipends that you get. You are, you're not sharing with anybody. Bowl revenue. Sharing stinks sometimes. You're not sharing with anybody. You're a tier one Nike school as well as an independent. B- that speaks to what you are in the eyes of national people. BYU is like my 22-month-old. I'm trying to get her to go to nursery right now, and she's having a hard time because she doesn't like sharing. BYU doesn't have to share. The money they get, they can be my 22-month-old. So as we have determined before, BYU as an independent, financially making more money than they did in the Mountain West Conference. Okay? That is a fact. That is a big reason why you left, so that you could gain exposure, make more money, and have access. BYU's never said the money part out loud. They won't. Exposure and access are the key words there. But it makes sense because you're not sharing. Their overall revenue sharing's greater good. than G5 schools. But sharing is good. It depends what nursery you're in, right? If I want to get my daughter into the Power 5 nursery where they have the best snacks, 
and the best toys. That's the nursery I want to be in. And it's called the Big 12 Nursery. <laughs> <laughs> so is BYU's current status right now a P5 without the money, as Brett McMurphy said? Are they a power? Is this as good as it can get? That's what he said. I think as an independent, BYU is doing a great job. Is independence the thing for BYU long term? I don't know. I don't know at what point if BYU doesn't get a Power 5 invite, they say, you know what? Let's look at going back to a group of five. I don't know if it's the Mountain West. Probably not. Is it the American? Is there something? Can we be a Power 5 football only school? That's an option that I'm sure BYU would look into at some point. That's oh, not Tom, ideal. Yeah, Tom Holmo they said that they put everything on the table. No conferences thus far have showed interest in that. Right. But the good news is BYU is doing as much as they can with this. Hey, let's get a con- the best TV situation we can. Let's schedule, let's schedule well. Let's schedule hard. Let's be the anti-boy state. Let's schedule super hard and see what happens. If you want to win, I don't, I don't know that that's the way to go. But if you want to be competitive and relevant and make a splash nationally and win some games and get on ESPN now, I think that's a good way to go. The next step for BYU is to get into a power five. And, and if that doesn't happen, continue to to do as much as you can as an independent. I don't know how long this lasts for BYU, but for now, it's looking like they're doing the best they can in the situation they put themselves in. Outside of a P5 invite, can it get any better for BYU? Jeremy mentioned the better home games. That's starting to happen. Conference context of some sort? Can you? Can I miss you, that. I really do. I miss playing for a conference title because you lose once and then what, right? Yeah. And, that, and the, the players will they'll, they'll tell you, like, no, we're playing for the – Greater good, and the, they some of them go. Okay, now what? There, there's a, just a little bit of mental issue there. Michael Elisa told us that after the season. We know they're human. That happens. They're not robots. They're not Ultron playing for the Independent Conference Championship. What can BYU control? The same thing it has always been: win a lot. Starting on September fifth. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. One sixty-six. Yeah, I almost missed that one. Good question from at McMinn5. Rhetorical question. Does any other D1 football program know for certain what bowl it's playing in at this point? That's a great point. But, but the difference is we don't even know what five or six bowl games BYU could be playing in. We could guess. But there's not a, okay, here are the games you could be playing in, the destinations you could go to. I don't need to know right now. I'm just saying it is a, it is a thing BYU has to deal with, it, which is, okay, what bowl games are we going to play in? We know next year it's the poinsettia. BYU has lined that up already. But this season, what is it? It is kind of exciting that we don't know yet. But then once you know, it's the possibility of the different spots you could go to. You get that sixth win, it's over. Unless you're undefeated and you think you're going to a New Year's Six. What's the most important part of being a P5 football team at home with Jamie R says recruiting? Everything that makes a team starts with recruiting. How much does the P5 factor into that? How much is the schedule? How much the scheduling and exposure? A ton help? facilities play into that. We go live to BYU practice here in a few minutes, but next Blaine Fowler, BYU TV insider on college football and basketball, joins us to talk about the P5 access specifically and who has been the most impressive in BYU spring football. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. At BYU Sports Nation. That is correct. Join us by using the hashtag BYUSA. Hey, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, 9 Eastern Time, BYU Men's Volleyball is back in Provo on BYU TV and BYU Radio. 
That's a big uh, deal because they have been really good at home and not so much really, away from home. They've been bad on the road, three and seven. Uh, just got swept by Irvine in two. So they really need some wins, and their home win streak is still intact. I think it's up to like 4,000. BYU and Irvine, <laughs> Friday and Saturday, watch it on BYU TV. 4,000, give or take a few. Yeah, that's, and yeah. I'm the play by play. I know all these numbers. Don't question the number, okay? 4,000. Our Twitter question today centers on something ESPN's Brett McMurphy told us last week on BYU Sports Nation. He's saying. 36. BYU football is essentially a P5 school just without the big-time money. So what is the most important part of being a P5 football team? At WAP17 says, hopefully being able to pull other P5 teams to Provo, which we are seeing is happening. Mississippi State, UCLA, Missouri, Michigan State. I will travel to Vegas to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to see big-time games. And a lot of people. That is a sentiment that a lot of Cougar fans share. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, our good friend, wide receiver, a senior now, Mitch Matthews. Mitch, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. How was practice today? It was good, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, like I said before, this is a competitive, competitive spring. And so every single day, it's, it's a lot of fun. Guys are playing harder than I've seen in a long time here. So I'm excited about that. What's been competitive about this spring? You know, I just think, honestly, um, well, I guess let me give you a little background. I, I played with Dennis Bitta, Max Hall, and those guys in 2009, and now it's 2015. And I see a similarities in that team to this team. And I can honestly say, you know, they were 11-2 and two for a reason, and then we've had three, eight, and five years in a row for a reason. And those guys made sure the spring practices and all practices were competitive, and those guys really wanted to win. I think that same spirit is here very strongly now. Not that it wasn't before, but it's very strong now, that competitive spirit. I think it's we have the right seniors in the right place, and we have a lot of leadership, and we love it. Give us an idea of what you see that makes you feel, hey, that competitive spirit is here like 09. I just think the organization of practice and the desire guys have to practice. And I can say that, you know, last year was, oh, crap, spring practice. You know, oh, no, <laughs> let's get through. And then, where this year it's guys or whether you're a senior or not, you are battling for a job like you never have before. I mean, the coaches might have an idea who's going to start, but you go out every single day like you have no idea if you're going to start or not. And I think that it's just in the nature of the seniors. You know, I, I haven't acted um, ever since I have started that like I'm going to start. I've never acted that way, and I think um, neither has Taysom. He goes out and he competes, and he'll have great days and love days where he's upset with himself. And you'd think that a senior who knows he's going to start would just relax and say, you know what, let's just have fun. But the guys that we have as seniors are competitive, and they want to fight, and they want to become the best player in the country. So we have a lot of that fight in a lot of guys, especially the seniors, and that's what keeps it competitive. Mitch, Bronco Mendenhall said that he believes you are having the best spring of any receiver he's seen since he has been the head football coach in Provo. When your head coach says that about you, what kind of a feeling and motivation does that give to you? Um, it's a great compliment, you know, but I've been able to be, be here and watch and play with some great players. You know, I played with Cody Offman for two years who broke all the records here. So to be able to get that compliment is um, – something that I for sure need to live up to. You know, when guys like Cody are as good as they are and guys like Austin Collier are as good as they are, I need to make sure that I live up to those praises by my coach. And one thing that I did in the off season, right after the season, was I knocked on Coach Mendenhall's door and I made sure that he kept me accountable on every single part of my game. And so he never lets up on me. And so to hear a compliment like that um, means that he's watching me and he's, he's noticing that I'm improving every day and that I want to come out and get better. And like I said, be the best player 
in Mitch, the country. So. Mitch, yeah, Mitch Matthews, senior receiver of BYU football, on with us on BYU Sports Nation. Bronco's not alone in that sentiment. Taysom Hill says he feels you might be the best wide receiver in the country. Where have you made the most improvement over the last few months, Mitch? Um, you know, I've, got, I've gotten a lot faster, and I've gotten a lot bigger and a lot stronger. So I feel like now I have this comfort level with being on the field that I haven't had before where I'm still fighting, I'm still hungry, I'm still getting better every single day, but there's this, this comfort and this gel between me and Taysom that has increased so much. And, you know, um, I can't necessarily take being the best receiver in the country because we have the best quarterback in the country, so that makes it a lot easier on me. So I'll take the compliment from him, but he knows he's one of the best players in the country. He makes it all happen, so it makes it easy on me. Tell us the story behind the decision to use the hashtag This Is Why as a team motto. Yeah, so just a quick story. Um, right after the season ended, we, uh, me, Taysom, Bronson, and Remington got together just as seniors and leaders and decided, you know, eight and five, three years in a row is enough. And we have the right guys. We have the right seniors to make a special year. And we feel like we can do a lot this year with the athletes we have and leadership we have. So we got together and we said, look, Coach Mendenhall has told us about another college, another college who was in a similar situation as us. They were tired of losing and how they came up with a team slogan and all of them rallied around it and bought in. And um, that team was the University of Oregon. He told us the story about them and look where they are now. You know, from 2008 when we beat them pretty bad to, to now, um, look where they are. So that's something that we wanted to emulate is get a new team motto, start fresh, because we're tired of going 8-5. and five. That's not BYU. And we have the right people, the right athletes, and the right leaders to do that. So we had a team meeting, got together, and had the players vote and raise their hand on what they wanted to be our team motto. And actually, Devon Blackman raised his hand and said, well, you know, what about this is why? And they kind of was silent for two seconds, and you hear, like, you hear everyone in the crowd say, ooh, I like that. You know, that, that, I like that for sure. And it just kind of turned into on the spot. You know, we didn't even have to vote for it. That's just what it was, and that's really what the guys wanted. And we rallied around it, and it's something that we're, we're living by. You know, everyone has a reason why this is why for them. You know, it could be personal, it could be for their family, it could be for the team, whatever it is. But every player on this team has their own unique reason why they play football for BYU. You said uh, you want it to be a special season. Can you define special, or does that organically happen as the season goes on? Yeah, there's a lot of definitions of special. But to me, it's winning games. Um, And I know that is for all the coaches and all the players, too. It's winning games. Because when you win games, you get noticed. Um, You get people who... Um, look into BYU and say, why, why are those guys different? Why are those guys so special? Why are those guys so good? How are they um, return missionaries and so good? You know, so whatever your reason is for winning games, that'll get you exposed. That'll get you to the NFL if that's what you want to do. That'll get you – that'll help with the missionary efforts. Everything, you know, um, we want to do, winning will help us be able to accomplish our goals. And so a special year will be more wins and beating great teams in great places. Senior wide receiver Mitch Matthews on BYU Sports Nation. 72 catches and tied for a team high in nine touchdowns scored is on BYUSN. You bring up Taysom Hill, and there is an obvious concern about his health and his return after a broken leg and a pretty significant injury. From your perspective, how does he look in his progression returning for his senior season? Well, I guess you could tell Cougar Nation that he'll be just fine. You know, it's Taysom Hill. He's, uh, I've already ran sprints with him. I've already, we're, we're practicing together right now, and there is not one hiccup in his game. So if anyone's worried, tell them they're wasting their time on worrying. So he's Taysom Hill. He'll be just fine. He'll be better than that. He'll be, he'll be better than last year for sure. 
Cougar Nation, he'll be just fine, Mitch says. Don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, Nick Kurtz uh, was fantastic in fall camp. Uh, spring ball having a good spring as well. What do you think of your, your homie Nick Kurtz? <laughs> my homie, yeah, my roommate. Really good player. You know, um, there's a, a strong four guys right now on the outside that um, are the four starters, and also Travis Frey, Fry has worked his way in there. So there's a strong five that have been going with the ones, you'd say, that are working their way in. And uh, from Nick Kurtz to Devon Blackman um, to Kurt Henderson to Travis Fry, I think you know we've established ourselves right now as the guys who go with the ones and go with Taysom. And I think having the height with Nick helps a lot. And then having Devon and what he does and how quick and shifty he is, and Kurt and how smart he is and how good a shape he's in, I think um, we make a great we make a great combo. Right now in practice, Christian Stewart is the super super senior. And uh, I know you're grateful to have him. Is he a better quarterback now than he was during the season? Yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a guy that is always improving. You know, he's, he's a competitor and wants to get better. He'll have bad days um, mentally practice. And you say, Christian, you already thrown for like eight touchdowns today. What are you upset about? And he say, well, I missed one, you know. So it's just the nature he, he is, and he wants to get better, whether he knows he's going to play in this season or not. He loves to strap on the helmet and, and go play, and he's competitive. So I like to say, yeah, he's better because he, that's the type of guy he is to always get better. Do you think he's better because he specifically told us that he was going to throw the deep ball more to you? He brought up you specifically. He said, I'm, I'm signaling Mitch. So. <laughs> yeah, no, he has thrown me a lot of deep balls this spring, so he has lived up to his word for sure. Oh, that's why you're looking so good in spring. He's just chucking a deep to you every time. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a cannon, so I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> the SEC last week uh, announced that they will count BYU and Army uh, as a Power 5 scheduling equivalent. What did that mean to the team when they made that announcement? You know, it's one of those things that, um, as players, it wasn't like, you know, we got together and talked about that. It's one of those things we hear about, and you're like, oh, you know, cool, thanks. Appreciate that. It's, it's more as, you know, everyone should consider us that way anyways. So it's one of those things where we're not hooting and hollering and, and cheering about it. It's one of those things where, you know what, we know we are, we know where we need to be, and we'll be able to get respect by winning games this year, and no matter what people think about us. So, you know, we're excited to, for the schedule and, the place we're going to go and the hard, uh, the difficulty of the schedule we have this year because that's what's going to ultimately give us the best shot to be recognized. Bronco Mendenhall has taken back over the defense. Uh, a lot of question marks about the secondary with key departures in Craig Bills and Dallin Levitt, Rob Daniel, Jordan Johnson. You're up against them every day in spring practice. What's the update from the BYU secondary as you compete against them? I think this year they're they're um, they're younger than they were last year. So I mean that that. Uh, that's a good thing to have. You know, there's no deficiency in their speed. There's no deficiency in their skill. It's, they're just young, and so that's something that they'll need to grow in the offseason and spring, and they have grown a ton. I've already seen it in them. So athletically, they're, they're there. They can play. They'll make plays, and uh, they're good players. So I think really what it's going to come down to is just experience through spring ball, through player-run practices in the summer, and then uh, especially through fall camp. So we have a good, good group of guys at D- on at DBs, but they're just young. And inexperienced, but they'll get that for sure, and I trust them to, to get there. Sell us on why fans and or anyone else should go to the spring game on Friday. Um, well, there's, we're going to, which I can't reveal, there's going to be some added factors that are going to make it a lot of, a lot of fun. There's it's just us. Be, no one else is listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so we're going to add some things in that's going to make it a lot of fun for the fans. There's obviously the kids' clinic before and uh, we're going to make it fun and entertaining. Like I said, this is the best spring ball we've had in five years. So if you've gone for the last four or five years, then be prepared to be excited. 
Mitch, always great to talk to you. Uh, great to hear about your success and your, pro- your progress on the field, and uh, we'll see you in the future. Okay, thank you, guys. Quote, going 8-5, and five, that is not BYU. End quote. Also, you can tell Cougar Nation that Taysom Hill will be just fine. If anyone is worried, they're wasting their time. End quote. Both of those from Mitch Matthews. I don't think people are that worried anymore. Since Taysom Hill came out into spring ball and the comments were always oh, way ahead of schedule, no one worries anymore, I don't think. Right? Are there people that worry still? There have to be. This is BYU Sports Nation. There are worriers. I'm telling you, though, get the backup ready just in case. <laughs> we saw it happen last What's the most important part of being a P5 football team? Let's ask Blaine Fowler that very question next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUSportsNation.com. Do you want your own pair of BYU Sports Nation blue goggles? Yes. Blue goggle alert. Go to the BYUstore.com. It's the BYUstore.com. And search blue goggles and get yours today. You can buy them. <laughs> also, there's a t-shirt. You can buy that as well. Oh. I believe you search for BYU Sports Nation. Those are looking good, man. Your hair's growing back fast, too. Yeah, I don't have bangs yet, but that day will, that day will come. Can you believe you know? that? Man. It needs to grow back quick. <laughs> I'm messing. I don't want to get sunburned. Hey, your haircut looks especially good with the blue goggles on. Just saying. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, speaking of hair, let's bring in the guy Transition. that has dominated that game for quite a long time. Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, college football and basketball insider on BYU TV. Blaine, welcome back to the show. Guys, I miss you guys. Since we haven't been able to spend every day together like at the WCC, I'm feeling like I, I, I'm going to just come down there next week and just be in studio just because I miss you guys. That would be awesome. We will always welcome you, Blaine. Always welcome you and the hair. Uh, let's <laughs> let's start with. Uh, what By the is... way, my hair has never been eight and five. It's, it's always <laughs> it's always had. My hair has had ten wins every season for twenty seven seasons. But you need to go to the next level and get New Year's six hair, right? I, I, I think it's I, in that I, level. I, I have to get to a, to a New Year's Day bowl. That's all there is to it. So I got to do something. I don't know. Blaine Fowler. Transition out of that, Those guys tell me. McCann and eleven of those guys, they tell me I gotta diet. And I'm like, diet? Why would I diet? Like I hardly have any grain. They're like, hey, if you want to get to New Year's Day six with your hair, you're probably gonna have to start dieting. You gotta mix but, up. Everybody wishes yeah. they had hair like Blaine Fowler. It's it's just the truth. Let's start with what Brett McMurphy told us, uh, ESPN College Football Insider last week. He said BYU, other than the money, is a power five football program. That coming on the heels of the SEC saying we're going to, to consider them as a Power 5 equivalent in our non-conference scheduling requirement. The ACC just recently did that as well. And then the Cougars pick up a home-and-home home with Mississippi State, a team that was ranked number one last season. So where do you stand on that? It, where is BYU as a P5 in your mind, Blaine? I, I agree 100% with what he said, and that is from a scheduling perspective, especially as you look at next year and beyond, um, they're playing against. They're playing schedules that are equivalent of anything anybody's playing um, in the Pac-12 or, or in the Big 12. You name it, they're playing that kind of schedule. From a national recognition standpoint, they're nationally recognized at a higher level than half the teams in the P5 conferences. So the lower half of most of those conferences are not as good a programs as BYU. I mean, think about it. Kansas and basketball, phenomenal. Well, how about football? Yeah. Kansas is 
Kansas is not the equivalent of BYU in football. So BYU would be in the upper third of most of P5 leagues. So from that perspective, from national interest, from, from all of that ability to compete, they're on that level. But, but here's the deal. We need to get them into the P5 conference for two reasons. We need late-season home scheduling. So we need to be able to get the schools that BYU is playing on the road early in the season into Provo late in the season so there's a ton of home interest at the end of the year. And they need the dollars that are associated with being in a P5 conference. Other than those two things, if things are going pretty well, if you ask me, I think Tom Homo's done an unbelievable job of scheduling moving forward especially, but up to this point. And he told us it was going to take a couple of years. Well, well, here we are, and you look at the schedule next year, and, uh, and, and we're there. Um, I just wish it was easier for Tom. And when you're in a league, now all of a sudden you don't even worry about October, November, the schedule, and you're getting big teams coming into your place every year, and, and that's the only difference right now. When you look at independence, how does BYU continue to maximize independence, in your opinion? What are the next step or two? Well, if they could get some – I like what they've done. Utah State, they're playing at the end of the year last year. That helps, even though that's not a P5 conference. It's an in-state rival, so it's a game of interest um, at the end of the year. To me, if they're going to stay in independence, then, then Tom needs to continue to leverage the relationships that he's built, and they need to get some type of arrangement to have some teams later in the season. And, and maybe they get a you – know, well, Boise State, they can play late in the season. Maybe they get one Pac-12 team um, when – when USC is playing Notre Dame and some of those things are going on to play late in the season. I still don't understand why Utah can't make that happen, and they should be able to make it happen. To me, it's an unwillingness on their part to make it happen because if the league is willing to help SC do it and help some – And Stanford. Yeah, and they let Stanford do it, then why can't they allow Utah, which is a long, long, long long-term rivalry with BYU, schedule a home-and-home with BYU late in the season? And – so if BYU is going to stay independent, if P5 doesn't happen anytime soon, I mean, those are the things that have to, have to be different. And, and as Utah, as a part, if they're really an in-state partner, um, which they should be, then, then that game needs to be late in the season. You keep Utah State late in the season. You have Boise State late in, late in the season. And now all of a sudden that late season schedule looks fine, and you're okay in independence. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, breaking down BYU in that P5 conversation right now. After the SEC says, yeah, we're going to count BYU as a P5 scheduling or, sorry, P5 equivalent in the non-conference scheduling agreement. We've talked about several critical factors that go into being a P5, Blaine, starting with money, conference affiliation, national exposure, scheduling, bowl game access. Which of those do you feel is the most important part of being a P5 school? Well, I think late season scheduling and the dollars are the two most important things, two most important things. Because I think BYU, I mean, look, at if, if they win 11 games last year, they're in a New Year's Six Bowl. So, so they can play into a big bowl if they, uh, if they win enough games regardless of schedule. And everybody, everybody overrates bowl access. If you finish fourth in the Pac-12, the bowl game you're going to is not any better than the bowl game BYU is going to. When, once you're in the Las Vegas Bowl, San Francisco Bowl, Sun Bowl, like once you're out of that New Year's Day Six, does it really matter? what bowl game you go to, other than to go have a good reward and play an inter- intersectional type of a game. I think that, that's way overrated to me um, because cause when you get down and you're not in the top three in those big leagues, Utah's bowl game last year isn't any better than BYU's bowl game last year. If, you, if you're not in that top, top conversation, BYU, as an independent, has the ability to play in the New Year's Six situation. So that's about winning games with a good schedule. And that's about being ranked. 
with a good schedule. Um, so to me, it's late season scheduling and the dollars, not necessarily access to bowls. We just had Mitch Matthews on the show, and he said that it feels like the 2009 uh, spring practices. The intensity is high. Leadership is good. Uh, he's liking what he's seeing. From what you've seen of spring ball, what do you think so far? Well, first off, let me tell you, I, I went to the entire practice from the minute they walked into the building till they left the building on Friday. And Mitch Matthews dominated. Like, he, he stood out so much to me in practice. I was like, holy cow, this guy is not just looking good. He's dominating. Um, he, he, and, and, and I tried to as I'm watching him in practice, I'm going, what is the difference this year with Mitch? And I know you guys just had him on, and he talked about he feels bigger and stronger and faster. That's all fine. His attention to detail, to me, as I'm watching his route running right now, is so good. You combine that with, you know, athletically, he's superior. Like he's he's six six. He runs like a deer, and he's very agile. You know, so he can he has good moves. Um, to me now, to, to go to the next level, to be a big time NFL guy. Your route running has to be so good that even against a really good defensive back in press coverage, you're going to get open. And I'm watching him do the little things. He started on a post route. The DB had jumped that post route, and he just stemmed up the field two stems, created separate two steps, created a little separation, then went back to the post. And I think it was Christian throwing to him, bam, right down the middle of the field, touchdown. I'm going, wow, that was like so precise with what he did. And so I think his work ethic and understanding route running is at a whole new level, and you combine that with him being big, strong, and fast, and, and you've got yourself an elite-level receiver this year. And he literally he dominated practice the other day. It was so fun to watch him. Blaine Fowler talking about Mitch Matthews dominating spring practice. We are on the topic of BYU and spring ball, and we, we, we need to bring up defense, Blaine. As, as good as Mitch was on offense, let's talk about Bronco Mendenhall taking back over the defense how will they be better this fall compared to last year? So, so here's what, and I got to listen to, because Jerem taught me how to stream the show, so I got to listen to Mitch's. Uh, I can be taught even though I'm 51 years old. Um, <laughs> I listen to Mitch talk about them being younger. And so here's what I'm seeing on that defense. I see younger guys that are buying in more to the concept of what they're doing, the whole concept of defense. And, and you guys know, you guys talk to us, and you're there in the studio, and you watch the, our show after further review. Last year, we were in week 12 and 13, and, and Brian Logan and Dave Nixon, who are defensive experts, are still pointing out to us very common assignment errors in the secondary and in the backers. Okay? And, and what's going to be different this year is there's not as much experience, but you've got a whole group committed to do it exactly the way it's supposed to be done. And that's been the hallmark of top 10 BYU Bronco Mendenhall defenses in the past. Not unbelievable athleticism. But those guys will be exactly where they're supposed to be. They won't give up good plays, and they'll be good tacklers. And so I look at this secondary, and, and, and let me throw a name out there that nobody's even talking about. And he may not even start, but he's going to be a difference maker, and his name is Chris Badger. Here's why. Word has it from the guys that he knows the defense well enough to be an assistant coach if he needed to be. Like, outside of Bronco and Nick Howell, he may be the guy in the building that knows the defense better than anyone. So that's a huge advantage to a guy that's taken the time to learn that defense to such a level, and he's rotating in with the ones and the twos right now, that he's getting guys lined up. But here's where that guy pays off. When they're working out on their own in the summer, and they need a guy to make sure everybody knows what they're supposed to do in that secondary and where those backers are supposed to be, 
you basically have an assistant coach level guy out in the field leading and, and teaching those guys to be where they're supposed to be. So, so that's not a name a lot of people are talking about, but that's a guy that's going to make a difference whether he's on the field or not on the field next fall and how this team goes into fall with their preparation over the summer. Blaine Fowler bringing it on BYU Sports Nation on a Monday. Not only does he have great hair, but he's got great insight as well. Blaine, we look forward to seeing you in person as soon as possible. I think, I think we're going to have to make it happen next week. I can't be separated from you guys. I'm separation anxiety. <laughs> if I had a nickel, man. <laughs> All right, man. All right, thanks for, this t- thanks for the time, Blaine. You bet. Talk to you later, guys. I believe, I believe that was a record six beeps. Beep, beep, beep. He went, he went beep, beep. He went double beep at the end. He's the roadrunner. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, he went We're, from zero last week. He went, from, he went yeah, zero. he threw a no hitter, and then he comes out and gives up six quick ones. <laughs> we love when Blaine's on. It is, it is beep watch when he's, he's so on. So good. That. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student athletes are beep. role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation. Learn more at cougarclub.com and welcome to the club. Beep, beep. Hey, Vin Diesel or Tom Cruise in Would You Rather? And to schedule up or to schedule down? Those are the questions. We've got the answers next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with social media superstar, Jerem George. Superstar! BYU hosts UC Irvine this weekend in men's volleyball. Check it out Friday and Saturday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU's home win streak is intact. 10-0 this season. Really need a couple of wins against the Anteaters. I was going to try and simulate the noise of an Anteater. I have no No, clue what that sounds like. Let's make it dramatic. It's all on the line, the home win streak. really is going to be dramatic because they're a really good volleyball team. So check it out. Irvine, there's no Utah in uh, men's volleyball, Irvine ends up being a pseudo, a competitive rival. UCLA is kind of the we don't like you very much rival. Irvine's the all right, it's on. They're the competitive rival. Yes. Our Twitter question today: What is the most important part of being a P five football team? Scheduling works into that. Money. Money, bowl games, and that leads us into our next and one of our most enjoyable segments. Would you rather? It's Would You Rather on BYU Sports Nation. Pretty self-explanatory, but here's how it goes. We throw out a scenario, and we have to pick one or the other. Then we'll tell you why. Number one. Would you rather schedule up or schedule down in football? I would schedule up every time because you have the bright lights on. If you're playing in relevant football games, more people are watching. And guess what happens when you win a big game? People take notice. Look at Texas last year. That thing blew up. Look at BYU basketball at Gonzaga this year. Blowing up. If you play big-name teams and you win when the spotlight's on, it does way more for your program than beating Middle Tennessee State at home. No, I agree with you. Yet, when you lose, and when you lose five times, what happens? No one notices and no one cares. Boise State has a model that works. We're going to play one tough non-conference game. We're going to go win that game. We're going to win our league. We're going to be in a group of five, and we're going to go to a New Year's Six. They didn't even do that last year. They, they to lost win, to Ole Miss. And we're going to win that game. They lost to Ole Miss in and their it, one tough and game. And it still worked, and they went to a New Year's Six. Is the goal for BYU to go to the New Year's Six or not? That's where they want to be? Then don't schedule tough, because you're probably not going to go to a New Year's Six if you schedule really tough. If you lose a single game, in fact. 
I'm not saying uh, up or down. Would I rather? I'd rather schedule up because it's a more, more exciting regular season. I'm not all in on New Year's Six or bust at some point. No, I'm, I'm in on let's have fun, entertaining regular seasons, playing rel- uh, competitive games on a national stage and see what happens. Beat Oklahoma. Guess what? That team was really good. They lost two games. They were in the Vegas Bowl. Vegas Bowl. That's just the way it is. Number two. Would you rather run a four nine forty or win a regional championship in church ball? <laughs> <laughs> I went to the semifinals this week. Bruised my I'll, ribs. I'll in let the you process. answer that one, Jerem. Would I rather run a four nine forty or win a regional championship? I in run church a four nine forty. Already do that, so I'd rather win a regional church basketball championship. Regional church ball championship. You you play. What does a four nine forty get you? Mm-hmm. You have to do other things to <laughs> make an NFL roster. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the difference between Harvey Unga and I, he weighs hey, like my, 90 more pounds than I do. Had, had, had my team won and Mike Hall's team won, former BYU yeah. basketball, we would have played in the same game. <laughs> and <laughs> I would have had to guard Mike Hall. No, we would have zoned it hard. Number three. Before we move to number three, I'm highly questioning Spencer's 4940 ability, and I want proof of that. <laughs> you I can, will show you, you any time, Ben Bagley. You can run the same speed as Harvey Unger right now? I, I am almost certain I can run a 4940. False. We've got to time this. You okay? Richard right. Eisen part two. All right. <laughs> number three. Would you rather take a line drive off the noggin or a shoulder to the jaw? Oh, well, let's my. explain this one. Okay, oh. so women's basketball. Over the weekend, if you missed it, Mackenzie Morrison gets, boom, shoulder into the jaw. I sent out a vine about it. It is brutal. And then the, the ball to the noggin happened in softball, which you called. I, it literally took my breath away. Describe it. Line drive right off the head of Ariana Paulson, who's a freshman pitcher for Oklahoma BYU. Oklahoma State hits the ball. It goes okay. off BYU pitcher. It deflects like 25 feet into the air behind second base. BYU makes the catch. I think it was Lauren Bell that made the catch. All the runners are advancing. She steps on her base, and it's an inning-ending double play. So would you rather? And I'm thinking, uh, is Ariana alive? She's smiling coming out the field, and I'm like, she's, she was concussed. She's delirious. She has to be delirious. Yeah, that it, no one cheered because they were thinking, is she okay? Is she okay? And she said, I'm fine. I'm fine. So but would my, you rather shoulder I, to the I jaw? Would, I don't want to get hit in the head. I would take a shoulder like, to the jaw. A hundred times Ball out of a hundred compared yeah, to a rather, line drive into yeah. the head. But credit to Ariana Paulson for being a big timer. Yee. And she pitched later that day. Wow. <laughs> wow. Number four. Would you rather be Ethan Hunt or Dominic Toretto? Oh, man. So Mission Impossible versus Fast and Fierce. Ethan Hunt. I would. Yeah, I would be Ethan Hunt, man. Well, I'll go Dominic Toretto. You'd be you, dumb? Cars, Why? dude. Why? I'd be dumb. Dom. I said dumb. Oh, dumb. You'd, you would be dumb? I'm falling out of the sky in a car in a parachute. and You're hanging onto the side of a plane that's taking off if you're Ethan Hunt that's in just, the latest trailer. Yeah, what's, what's cooler slash – is it cool or dumb to do that? I, I can't say. There's a fine line between cool and dumb sometimes. And, and when you're hanging like Ethan Hunt in the Mission Impossible 5 trailer on the side of a plane slash falling out in Fast and Furious in a car out of a plane, <laughs> I can't tell which is cool or dumb or neither. Oh, my goodness. I'll, I'll go, Dom. I would not be a dummy. <laughs> dumb. Dumb. I miss Paul Walker, by the way. All right. R.I.P. Hey, I just miss him. Up next, which Cougar had a great weekend? The Whip is next. So fast. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. 
Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Women's Basketball. Cougars lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament to three seed Louisville, 86 53. Morgan Bailey led the team with her 15th double double of the season 15 points, 10 boards. Kenzie Morrison will take all shoulders. The Cougars completed a three game sweep of Oklahoma State on Saturday afternoon, then somehow lost to Utah Valley. Got no hit. And got no hit. What? BYU now 20 and 8 on the season. Baseball. I don't know what to do with my hands. BYU gets 13-4 win on Saturday over Gonzaga, taking two of three games in the weekend in Spokane. All BYU does is go to Spokane and win now. BYU improves to 4-2 and two in conference play. Nicely done. Rugby. Gonzaga. The Cougars roll past Utah 76-31 on the Utes' home field, no less. Well, it was the Utah soccer field. Still. To win the Wasatch Cup, BYU remains undefeated number Men's one. Men's volleyball. Cougars lost twice at Pepperdine over the weekend. Saturday night, Phil Fuchs recorded a career-high 22 kills. Irvine at home this weekend. Gymnastics. BYU finished fifth at the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Championships. Mackenzie Johnson earned all MRGC first team in the all-around and balance beam. Freshman Jill Van Mirlo named the freshman of the year. Swimming and diving. Junior captain and stud man Jake Taylor and true freshman diver Nathan Gonzalez is qualified for the NCAA Division I Men's Swimming and Diving Championships in Iowa City, Iowa, March 26th through the 28th. That's this week. Woo. Golf. Women. Freshman Kendra Dalton finished fourth Women. at the Mountain View Collegiate. <laughs> BYU placed eighth. Men. It was an 11th place finish for the men's team at the Desert Shootout in Goodyear, Arizona. Senior Jordan Rogers finished tied for 13th. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair tied for 21st in the Arnold Palmer Invitation over the weekend. Daniel Palmer-Hayes took 55th in the same tournament. Cougars <laughs> in the association. In two games over the weekend, Jimmer Fredette tallied a combined 12 points in 35 minutes. What? Going 3-for-9 from the field, including a perfect 5-for-5 five five at the free throw line. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? Jake Taylor and Nathan Gonzalez? Yes. Qualifying for national. Awesome. Thanks to Mitch, Matthews, Blaine Fowler, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYUSportsNet. Uh, if I can't run a 4940, should I shave my head? Yes. At O'KellyKM asks that question on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, man up, man. <laughs> man up, bro. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Dane Runya. Oops. Later.